Church, as well as those viewing online for the Beaverdale, Dunlow, and Sidman Charge. Let us have our lighting of candles. Stand and join in singing, O Come All Ye Faithful, number 145.
turn to the back of the bulletin for your announcements. Today, the TCBY meeting and Christmas party will be held from 1 to 7. Uh, so note that time change in the bulletin. And remember to bring your Christmas gifts for the church and place them under the tree. Typically, that's cleaning products, paper products, paper towels, tissues, stuff like that. Uh, for the charge, regular church services will be held the morning of Christmas Eve, next Sunday, and Christmas Eve service, the candlelight service, will be held here at Sidman at 7 p.m. Uh, anointing service will be held on the 31st of this month, and there are four cookie trays remaining. If you would like to purchase a cookie tray, please see Annette. Are there any other announcements? I have one. There will be no Bible study on Tuesday. I inadvertently made a, uh, a doctor's appointment in Everett, uh, in another world, on uh, Tuesday. So I have to leave Monday night to get there on time by, uh, on, on Tuesday at noon. So no Bible study. There's one in Beaverdale tomorrow night, but not one in Dunlop. And also sheet on the back table. Uh, be one in the morning next Sunday and one in the evening. So please, uh, family can come up and light the candles. And also look at your favorite hymn, which will be coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please stand for the affirmation of faith. 
It'll be a responsive reading from Psalm 24. In the Pew Bibles, found on page 473 and 474 of the Old Testament. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one that has They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, let the, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in power. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Please be seated, and will the children come forward for the children's message. <laughs> Did you ever do anything and wonder why you're doing it? Yeah, all the time, right? You just do it because it's there to do, right? You don't know why, but you just know, hey, we do this thing, and that's all there is to it. And I was thinking about that this morning, and especially with that candle thing up there. We see it every year. We do it every year, right? Do we really know what it means? No, we never even remember which order to do the candles in, right? Is it pink, the purple, purple, the pink? We know the white one, we know it's last. But I can never remember, well, why did they always just stick one odd color in there? And I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe if we talk about it a little bit, in what I call my, my second grade brain, because I teach second graders, so I always try to look at the world like a seven-year-old. It makes it a little easier, sometimes. So I thought, okay, if I had to tell my second graders what all that stuff means, and I would tell them, I said, well, well, of course, we have four candles on the outside, right? One on the middle. and. Let me pull this up here so I don't get it wrong, because you know what? I do this thing every year, and I do it, and I can probably recite half the stuff in my head and have no idea what it means. So I thought, I better make it stick. I always call, tell my kids I'm going to dumb it down to where I can understand it. If I can understand it, then those seven-year-olds sure, surely can understand it. So here we go. Uh, of course, Advent. That's what we're doing now, four weeks before Christmas. And we use this wreath and the first candle. Remember what color? <coughs> purple. Okay, so we start with purple, and it's sometimes called the prophecy candle or the hope candle. What do you ever hope for? Did you ever hope for anything? Did you hope to win a game before the game started? Yeah. Or did you ever hope to get through that music recital before it ever started? You didn't know how it would turn out, but you were hoping it did well, right? Maybe you said some prayers, like, gosh, I hope this works out. That first candle was known as the hope candle. And it's when we're hoping that something good happens that we're told is supposed to happen, which is the birth of Jesus. We don't know. We didn't know it was going to happen way back in his time. But we were hopeful. And when you have hope, it kind of gives you butterflies in your belly. It's usually a good thing, like, oh, I hope this works. And you don't know if it's going to happen, but it gives you something to look forward to. So then that second candle was what color? Purple again. Sometimes it's called the Bethlehem candle. Uh, 
and it represents faith. Did you ever have faith? Yeah. When you go to bed at night, are you sure you're going to wake up in the morning? We have to have faith, right? We hope we do, but we have faith. It's just one of those things that we say, we don't know, but God, we're going to put it in your hands. Really, you take care of it. And I always tell people, when you have trouble, take that trouble, write that word on, a, on some feathers, and then I put those feathers on white dove wings, and I see what my trouble is, and I put it in my hands, and I go, okay, Lord, take care of it, buddy, because it's bigger than me. And so that's faith. What would you like today? The pink one, right? And sometimes, I've never heard this before, but it's sometimes called the shepherd candle. And it's for joy. Have you ever been joyful? Yeah. You win that game, you get through the recital, something great happens that you were hoping for and had faith for. So we had hope, we had faith, now we have joy. But did Jesus come yet? Ever? Not yet. We have joy, we're getting more excited. Are you getting more excited for Christmas? Yeah. Next week, what color will we like? Purple again. We're back to that purple. Boy, that pink one throws me off. And that purple one is known as the angel's candle. And for the angel's candle, it's supposed to symbolize peace on earth. And gosh, we need that right now more than ever. It just seems like the whole world's in chaos. Doesn't it? Chaos for Christmas. Chaos in our country. It's chaos everywhere. We need peace. You know where peace starts? on yourself. Get yourself peaceful. You can't make people around you peaceful and calm if you're crazy. Right? So maybe we need to start with ourselves. How do I get calm? How do I say, that's not really important. Let me get back to what's important. Let me get peaceful and calm. So that I can make everybody around me. Do you feel like moms and dads are a little crazy right now? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Well, how can we make them peaceful and calm? Maybe help them out around the house. Tell them about them. Give them a hug. They're sitting down, go get them a drink of water. Give them some peace in their life. And the last one is that middle one, that big, that big one in the middle. And what do you think that one symbolizes? The birth of Jesus. And it's in the middle for a reason, because the birth of Jesus, Jesus should be the center of our lives, like Jesus is the center of that Advent wreath. There is no Christmas without Jesus. There isn't. If he was never here, that kills me when people say, there's no Jesus. I said, really? Do you celebrate Christmas? If there was no Jesus, there'd be no reason for Christmas. I don't care if your Christmas is not in the birthday or presents and, and trees. If there was no Jesus, there'd be no Christmas. Because Christmas celebrates Jesus' birth. Even people who don't know who Jesus is, they still celebrate Christmas. You need to figure out, get back to the center of it. What was Christmas about? Jesus. And our whole world should be about Jesus. Faith, hope, peace, and joy. It all comes from Jesus. So now we have a little better idea, and I guarantee next year I'll forget them all again, and I'll have to look it up and remind myself. But maybe if I reminded myself of that all year long, maybe I'd have a little more faith, hope, joy, and peace in my life. Let's say a little prayer. Dear Lord, we get so excited for your coming, but what we need, we need to realize is you're always here. You're always here. We just have to decide that we need to come to you more often. We need to realize that, yes, we celebrate your birth now. But you're always here. All we have to do is remind our human selves that we need to go look for you. Amen? Amen.
we can hope that there's going to be better candy in there next week. And we'll have faith that somebody will pick some up. When we do, we're going to have joy when the pastor doesn't take the chocolate. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, would you restore the joy of our salvation? Help us to be willing to follow you with all we have. As we read the scriptures that remind us who you are and the ways you love us, ignite in us a sense of joy that overflows out of our hearts. Let this holy joy be contagious and spill over onto the lives of those around us. May your peace that suppresses, suppre surpasses all understanding be upon us, especially as we're wrapping up a year that has felt very scary and uncertain. Encourage our hearts with the knowledge that with you we can live in your perfect peace, no matter our circumstances. We thank you for the joy and peace that you've given us. We come before you this morning in this atmosphere of prayer to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our hearts, minds, and spirits. We offer prayers for the safety and well-being of our youth. Be with them, guide them, and protect them, and let us continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who haven't found their way yet. We ask that they see the, the light on their wayward ways and they re repent so that they can be saved before it's too late. We ask for the forgiveness of our waywardness for choosing to go our way instead of following your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of all the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. Please direct the unnecessary harm away from these loved ones. We pray for those who protect us from harm, members of the law enforcement, the military, especially our first Lieutenant Carl Smith, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, and health professionals. We pray for the well-being and safety of our country, our community, and our church. Keep us safe and protected from the evil forces that we face. We pray for the families dealing with the loss of a loved one. Be with them during this period of separation and grieving. We pray for families providing care for a family member dealing with health issues. And we pray with the families dealing with the difficulties and hardships of life. Be with them, guide them, and comfort them during these rough times. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people's hearts, minds, spirits, let them say those names out loud now. Now, dear Lord, as we 
merge out of our atmosphere of prayer, let us bring to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, who has a favorite hymn to sing? 125. Is that what you said, 125? 125. Thank you, sir. Joy to the world. Please stand if you are able and join in singing number 125, Joy to the World.
Our gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity on the third Sunday in the month of December to gather to, to worship you, to honor you, you and, and uh, your presence here among us. We ask that you take these tithes and gifts and offerings that's been given by the people of this congregation to help with the running of your church here in Sydney. We pray all of this, and they're being presented today by two of our, our young, young people. We thank you for them, for their uh, uh, courage to uh, uh, come out in front of everybody in front of the church. Uh, we thank you for giving them that opportunity. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, their Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we said, Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. Well, we're in a new liturgical year, and I told you we'd be in the book of Mark. Well, we're out of Mark for today, and I think we're out of Mark for next week, too. We find ourselves in the book of John, the gospel according to, to John, the last gospel that was written. And we're in uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, then 19 through 28. Verse 6, then there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now we jump over to verse 19. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What did you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am not the voice. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent questioning him, questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethlehem, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's see. I call this the voices of your life. John the Baptist lets all know that he is a representative of God's actions to set people free. As a prophet, John the Baptist spoke to people on behalf of God. As a priest, he spoke to God on behalf of the people. Christ helps you to see your path to God and shows you how to walk along that path. You are not the source of God's light. You merely reflect his light. We're just a mirror. Christ has chosen to reflect his light through his followers to an unbelieving world. And that world seems to be increasing daily. You will find your true identity when you stop thinking that you can handle life on your own. 
Do you go to your job thinking you can pull it off through your own ability? Do you think if you use your own insight, your marriage will benefit? And do you think you can raise your children drawing on your own experiences? If you answered yes to all three of those questions, we need to have a talk. You and, you and me, we need to have a talk about that. No matter what you think, your life says you need his help. We all need his help. When you stop thinking you can handle life on your own, then you will be a person who spends their time in prayer because you know that without him, Yuns, Usans, can do nothing. Can do nothing. Life starts when you put away your can-do mentality and realize you can't do anything without Christ. Are we taught this anywhere other than church? No. We're told to have the can-do attitude. Well, that attitude is not going to help us. You, never, you will never lack identity if you remember you are simply a voice talking to people about Jesus Christ. We're more than just a voice. We're providing an example to the other people. An example that Christ would, would give. Sometimes we fall out of that. Me included. Many people go through midlife crisis because they don't know where their stability comes from. It's looked for in all the wrong places. I think there was a popular country song out a couple of years, looking for love in all the wrong places. The believers have two responsibilities. The first one is to reflect the light of Christ. And the second one is to live a life proclaiming light of Christ in the world. The world in which you live is looking for the reason of its condition and its possibilities for renewal. Messages that promise to ease the struggle of life or the questions that trouble you are given by numerous voices. Some tell you if you relocate or reorganize or restructure, you will build the sort of world where fairness and charity win the day. Other voices are more deeply personal, arguing that the problem is not that of society, but humanity. The human soul is in need of repair or renewal. And you think that all will be made right if you just provide the right education or therapy. We're now, we're now seeing the, the, the results of the education that the, uh, our brightest go to the biggest universities. We're seeing the results of their, of their education. By the way, they're, they're uh, going out onto the streets. And it, it rises all the way to the presidents, which we have seen. But people are, going, people are starting to take action. The donors are starting to not give their, their money to the, uh, to the schools because of the way they, their presidents responded. Bringing God into the world as he really exists through religious devotion and practice 
is the downfall in the thinking of many religious people. God enters your world bringing with him truth and grace in order to change whoever will receive him. I don't think there's a person who, who could accepted Christ into their life who hasn't been changed. I haven't, I haven't met anybody yet. I know he's changed, he's changed me. God enters your world bringing with him truth and grace in order to change whoever will receive him. This change is not brought about by human work, but is solely a divine work through and through. So there's nothing we can do to change who we are until we accept Christ. And then Christ will change us from the inside out. During this season of Advent, these verses remind you of why you are here. You are to be telling others in the middle of this consumer-based culture who tries to lay claim to the meaning of Christmas about the real reason of the season, the birth of Christ. And I've provided you with these simple little things that, that, that go well in your purse or in your pockets that you can share with, with other, other people and you're sharing the word of God with them. You're sharing human words, and then the Bible verse is written here. The word of God is written here. John 1, 6 through 8, 19 through 28. From the NCV, a New Century Version. So you're provided with these. We're running out of time. Advent is coming quickly to a close. Next week is Christmas Eve. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve. Then the next day is Christmas. Then we go to the first week of January, which is Epiphany, Communion, Epiphany. And then the, I think it's the Baptism of the Lord. Then things sort of settle down in the, uh, in the lectionary for a while until February 14th, which is Ash Wednesday. Valentine's Day is Ash Wednesday this year. I think once every six years it can be this early because the end of March is Easter. The last Sunday in March, I believe, is Easter. Could it be, now I want you to think about this, could it be that the Christmas we know this day was a gift from the devil? What better way to divert your attention from the reason for the season into Christmas that is Christless. Hmm? You ever think of that? The devil's no dummy. Now this would be the Christmas that we've, we've had for, I don't know uh, how long, 100 a year or more, when it started becoming commercialized. I know the image that we now have of Santa Claus, this, this overweight man in a, in a red suit with white things on his arm came from a, an ad man for Coca-Cola back in the 1990, I mean 1910, 20, somewhere around there. An ad man came up with that picture to help sell, and Santa's sitting there with holding the Coca-Cola. 
What advertisement that guy? I hope that guy got a promotion for coming up with that image. Because that image has filtered into American society. We all think of Santa Claus that way. I mean, he could be less weight, but he's in a red outfit with white. Red was a good color back in those days. It stood out. We don't know if uh, St. Nick wore colors like that because things started way back hundreds and hundreds of thousands, of, hundreds of years before that by St. Nick. And there was a St. Nick who lived, who gave things away. And then hundreds of years later, Saint, good King Wenceslas came along, who was a good king, who had a lot of money, who gave gifts to people. Saint Nick gave money to people. Good King Wenceslas gave gifts to people. And he got out of his carriage to go to a special event, and his brother jumped out of the crowd and killed him. That, that, that was the end of Good King Wenceslas, because his brother wasn't a good king. He was a bad, bad, I'm not even sure he was a king for a day or a couple of days, but he wasn't Good King Wenceslas. So could this, this Christmas that we know now, could it be a gift from the devil? I mean, if it is, he's won. He's won. Because there's very few people who think of Christmas as the birth of Christ. It's Christmas. Let us give all these gifts. Where do you think that came from? That came from God who gave us the most important gift that he could possibly give, his only son. Now I want you to think about that. The Christmas we now have today. Like John, you too are to be a witness to the light of Christ. That's John the Baptist. <coughs> Calling as a voice in the wilderness in the 21st century. Are we in the 21st century? Yes, we're not in the 22nd century. Yeah, 21st century. That's constantly putting God out of its life. It's being done. You hear a lot of voices in your life. Which ones do you listen to? The voices of politics? The voices of economics? Or the voices of concerning human problems? If you listen to the political uh, uh, voices, you hear solutions for human problems, but they're never done. They're never taken care of. We can't look to the politicians to solve our human problems. And they all are secular. Our lives are guided too much by secularism that's in society. We've just followed along suit. We as Christians have a responsibility to be people who reflect the light of Christ and to live in such a way that our lives proclaim the light of Christ in the world. Do your part during this Advent and let others know what's behind this season and its real reason. You may be surprised at what other people think or believe in when you express yourself. Let us pray. Almighty God, all hearts are open.
All desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our, our final hymn, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. And we'll, we'll take a break before the last, last verse. Number 